is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. And Derek, uh, obviously, you know, some sad stuff we got to talk about today. But other than what we're going to talk about, how was your New Year's Eve, New Year's Day? I mean, I, I don't know. When, when my only plans were surrounding the sad things we're going to talk about, I, I guess it was fine. Like, as a college football fan, I enjoyed watching two competitive games. And the first I time enjoyed, there were two the same. Right, and we talked about that too, right? Like 20 and a yeah. half points or something was the... Yeah. And I kind of felt like it was trending that way in the, in the first half. I was worried about it being the opposite of what we were expecting in terms of blowouts. Even in both games, you know, it kind of felt like one team was going to blow another team out for a while. But yeah, you know, overall, I'd, I'd describe it as relaxing and not exactly what I wanted it to be. What about yours? It was not relaxing, but not hectic. Uh, you know, got together with some family to watch the Michigan game. And then I was about an hour away from my house in good old Marion, Indiana. And uh, got back to my house just in time to catch the last few minutes of the first half of the Ohio State-Georgia game. And then was glued to my TV, you know, for the second half. That was such an incredible game. And, and yeah, you know, it sucks that Michigan lost, but just objectively like two fantastic football games. And if Georgia TCU is even, you know, somewhat interesting, I think this was a a pretty successful playoff compared to some of the duds that we've gotten before. I just, I I really think this is the first time we've had two uh, good, close competitive semifinal games. And if you were just like a, a fan of, of college football, not necessarily of any of the teams, you know, tuning in like, Oh hey yeah, semifinals are on. Definitely gonna watch that. And uh, I mean, you've got two great, great shows with with comebacks, uh, traumatic endings. It was just I I don't know what else you could have asked for from two semifinal games. So as much as I'm looking forward to, you know, what hopefully is a like a fun national championship game, it feels like a hundred percent Michigan blew a really big opportunity to take that program from right near the top to the top and it, and it, it sucks, but I, I just got to keep coming back to, for me, um, that there are worse problems to have, you know, in the college football world than losing two semifinal games in a row. You know, other teams are going through it. I think, uh, I, every day I'm like happy to not be a Texas A&M fan, you know, or happy to not be an Iowa fan or something closer to the Big Ten. So, yeah, I think my weekend was fine with, you know, with the exception of of Michigan losing. But, again, two competitive, interesting games, and that was fun. So Georgia, obviously, is the only team that can go undefeated this season. I, I kind of see TCU, you know, they, they had a ch- chance to, to play as a number three team after a conference championship loss. I still believe that was the right decision. don't think they should have been penalized for making a conference championship season, but it, I think that probably helped. You know, they've fought tooth and nail in that game and, and almost pulled it out. Um, you know, Michigan did their best. To, they did climb back in it. You know, they did have opportunities. Uh, and, you know, I think in comparison to last year, you know, one of the things that I always, you know, kind of dwell on is 
Is it worse to get blown out? Is it worse to lose a heartbreaker? Absolutely. Um, you know, That's it's tough. it's just like, it's so hard to, I mean, losing sucks no matter what, especially when you hadn't lost. You know, last year, it kind of felt like Michigan didn't belong, uh, even though they, they very much did. Uh, but not Michigan long, had already not lost. Not on the same field as yeah, Georgia. Yeah, not on the same field as Georgia, at least. Yeah. Um, and then you can look at, you know, um, yeah, I mean, they had lost to Michigan State, too, so you knew the team was beatable. And it's not like we didn't think the team was beatable this year, but Michigan definitely deserved to be there. They had taken care of business, uh, and they lost to a team that, you know, I knew what that loss was like, and it was a close loss, and, and a team that, you know, punched back, punched hard, harder in the beginning and, and punched back equally as hard every time uh, Michigan tried to make it a game. So tough pill to swallow either way, but I guess this year it felt, more as if Michigan belonged than last year, uh, especially since the game was a close one. And I don't know what they scored 10 points total last year, 13. Um, you lost, but you put up 45 points. And, and again, you could say it was a big 12 game with no defense. Sure. Uh, but a 51 to 45 game as high scoring as it is. You still have to put up 45 points, which is right in line with, with what Michigan's been doing all season. Uh, the defense just couldn't step up. Uh, when when needed, um, the offense couldn't exactly capitalize on momentum. You know, there are a couple of big uh, point swings. You know, the pick sixes never help. You know, if you can at least get a guy tackled, you can maybe hold to a field goal. But, you know, credit to TCU for knowing what a loss felt like uh, and having an excellent game plan, looking like the more prepared, the better uh, team in terms of execution early. But, hey, you know, if there's one thing that, you know, it's it's hard to be to make that makes it hard to be sad. Is one, it's back to back playoff losses. Uh, it's kind of like Oklahoma. Oklahoma kept getting there and just you know couldn't find a way to to win one. Um, in this case, uh, Michigan's lost two in a row, but they went down with a fight. And I think more than anything, the the fight that they showed uh, to to claw back into that, uh, the way JJ played in response both times to the pick sixes, even though he did end up throwing the second one. Um, a lot of guys played really, really well. There are a lot of big plays on defense, even though the defense looked suspect at times. So about as good of a game as you could have until the next game came around and somehow was even better. But uh, yeah. yeah, good weekend for a college football fan. Good weekend for the college football playoff. And I'm with you. I hope that Georgia TCU is a good game for just my viewing pleasure. But, you know, I, I think TCU might have a shot in this one. They They play really tough. They're they, they deserve to be uh, one of the teams, and I think that they're out to prove that they belonged when people maybe didn't think they did, uh, like the Alabamas and maybe the USC's. Um, and I think Michigan felt like they belonged and, and maybe maybe too confident at the beginning, you know, maybe too soft of a game plan, you know, who knows. But, yeah, I mean, good game, not the result we were looking for. And now you have the, you know, the old NFL thing that comes back every season. Uh, you know, when it pertains to Jim Harbaugh, but then yeah, I, I would have, I would have rather watched a 51 45 game than, you know, watch what was 21 to six at one point and, and probably even worse at one point in the third quarter. What's crazy about the 45 points as you think about the, the missed opportunities on offense, you know, getting, getting inside the five yard line twice and not having any points to show for it. Um, throwing two pick sixes, 
I mean, forty-five points and and you messed up a lot. That's that just it's it's frustrating because you knew it was there. Um, and on the flip side, you know, not to take away from what TCU was able to do, but obviously that fifty-one is a little inflated by the two pick sixes, and and so it's just it's easy to see where uh, an executed play here and avoiding a mistake here totally flips this game. Instead, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote Big 12 style of game, uh, 44 points in the, in the third quarter, and, and it felt just like a miracle that Michigan, you know, with, with a little less than a minute left, had a chance to actually win the game. And then uh, no, perfect, no more perfect way to, to end that one for Michigan than, than just a, a botched snap you know, whatever happened, if it was, uh, if it, uh, no matter whose fault it was, it, that was just a, a the, the perfect way to kind of encapsulate what had been happening to Michigan all throughout that game. So, uh, uh so very frustrating, but I, at the same time, yeah, you just say, you know what, TC, you made more plays. Um, maybe they didn't, I don't think you can say they, they necessarily outplayed Michigan, at least, um, in the second half now, they, they jumped out to an early lead, and I think they were out executing Michigan. They weren't making all those same costly mistakes, but uh, Michigan was right there, and in large part, like you said, and thanks to, to J.J. McCarthy, who I think gave us the entire spectrum of that experience. You know, he's going to take chances. He's going to make mistakes. Now, the mistakes can't be nearly as costly as they were uh, you know, with two pick sixes, but uh, throw after throw in the second half, it was just, he was hitting and it was great and gave you a little taste maybe of what might be to come in uh, in uh, 2023. But for now, it just to- totally stings. And I don't think we'll you know, necessarily get over that until uh, well after the national championship. And I guess at this point, I mean, what, are, are we rooting for TCU? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm always a favor of, you know, seeing a new champion. I, I think they're a really good story, you know, uh, terrible odds to, to make the playoff, to win the whole thing, you know, new coach. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of cool things about uh, TCU. Max, just the playmakers they have. Um, and and I think that they, you know, they, they came out and showed that they're a really good team. But I think to, you know, kind of echo – some of what you said, it is odd to think that Michigan's offense outscored TCU. Um, it is odd to think about the, the missed opportunities, the, you know, the bonehead of a play call where JJ McCarthy's your only, really your only eligible receiver with five <laughs> defenders. You look at, you know, uh, JJ not seeing a guy on one of the pick sixes, uh, you know, maybe forcing a ball when it could have gone to Ronnie Bell, but knowing that that, you know, that defender was playing outside, not thinking that Ronnie Bell was probably going to be able to release to the outside. There's a lot of things you can break down. I think there's a lot of good things on film. Uh, yeah. and, and like you said, we saw the the highest of highs and, and maybe the lowest of lows. Interceptions happened, interceptions where there's literally no one to, to bring the defender down and they score. That's you know, that's worse or worse. So, yeah, I mean – a tipped interception, you know, turnovers are going to happen in big games. Defenders are bound to make big plays. That's kind of what we saw in that last series. I thought Jim Harbaugh managed the clock really well. I think we were all anxious and, and wondering what the heck was going on. But I, I think he, you know, you can't call those timeouts too early. If TC gets, TCU gets that first down, 
which they did. Which they did. Uh, you're, the game's over then. So he really trusted his defense. He, he really you know, took a chance. They got the stop. J.J. kind of scrambled, uh, almost threw a pick, just trying to make a play. And then a defender made a heck of a play on third down. And then fourth down, you know, without without the the timeouts and, you know, not a whole lot of organization and, and what, like a fourth and decently long. Uh, it sucks to see the offense alignment of the year uh, kind of, you know, uh, snap one back a little early like that. Uh, and you hate to even see, you know, them have to review a last play like that with the target. Oh, my gosh. That uh, didn't even and, bring that up. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, and I hate to, you know, do the ref thing, but you could throw in a Roman Wilson non-touchdown call. Absolutely. To before. I mean, that led to a fumble, which he had to secure the ball, obviously. Uh, but, you know, even before the, the other inside the five failed touchdown attempt or failed attempt to get points, you know, you, you, you already had points put on the board uh, that were taken off. So, yeah, outside of pick sixes and outside of defense not making stops or maybe a missed tackle here and there, Michigan actually played decent football. It's not like J.J. McCarthy missed half of his passes. He was 20 for 34, obviously forced a lot, had the two pick sixes, had 343 yards, uh, had two incredible rushes on the same possession. If there's anything, and again, it's hard. This felt like the season to to win the semifinal. It felt like a season you have a chance to to maybe win it all. Uh, but you're down, probably still your best player, uh, and you know you still have a lot coming back. Hopefully, uh, and JJ McCarthy, you know, can only get better. Uh, yeah. The fact that he could throw 34 times uh, and have that, you know, sort of performance uh in a game where donovan edwards as you know what was 1b or maybe even the full backup earlier on the season to go for still go for 119 yards um roman mill wilson to hit him on an end around which felt like they hadn't done in games and games as like the beginning of the season type stuff ronnie bell playing lights out in his last game um yeah you know there's a lot of things that could have gone better but overall i'm i'm less disappointed as time goes on as I thought I would be, but yeah, you'd love to see Michigan playing again. That's, that's kind of where they thought they'd be. I'm sure I uh, playing for a national championship next Monday. Yeah. Uh, last thing to talk about, I think with this game, um, two things, but they're, I think they're related. So number one, uh, we keep seeing Michigan getting uh, outplayed, sometimes dominated, you know, in, in a postseason game, whether it's college football playoff or um, any other bowl game. And I think it's enough of a pattern at this point that you can be concerned, just like what's happening between the end of the regular season and when you're playing in these bowl games. And why does the other team consistently look just better prepared? The other thing is specific to the last two seasons. You know, when you're talking about an offensive line that spends 12, 13 games bullying people, and then you get under the brightest lights and it's like, where is that? And I understand uh, last season you're playing just an incredible Georgia defense. And, and this season, uh, you know, it, it hurts to not have somebody like Blake Quorum who can uh, move the, move the pile himself. If he gets hit after two yards, he's getting four or five, that kind of thing. But it, it's two playoff games back to back. That is like that, that dominance, that push just isn't there or it's not there nearly enough. You know, I feel like at this point, that's a little concerning too. So, I don't know. What do you make of those couple of things? 
it's hard because if you look at the stats overall, 186 rushing yards, you know, the 340-some passing yards. Uh, I think what killed Michigan, again, turnovers, and I think the inability to convert on third down and, and TCU's, like, you know, was 50% probably. Uh, you know, Michigan couldn't convert on fourth down. They couldn't convert, you know, within the five. Got a touchdown overturned. Um, I think that early on, it definitely felt like, wow, why are they getting no push? Where is this offensive line? But throughout the game, you know, they did enough to allow J.J. to have time. Uh, Diamond Edwards had a decent game on the ground. Now, nothing flashy like he had done uh, in his two previous games. Except uh, for the first run. Yeah, and and not really, you know, as and that obviously helps his yard total go up. You know, he, yeah. he had a good first run and a good old. But I think I think TCU just was really well prepared. I, I think you've got to give credit to uh to that defense, and then obviously a lot of credit to the offense. But if you look at the yards, you know, Michigan outgained TCU, which makes sense in a game where you outscored TCU in in, in terms of offense production. Uh, and so I'm not as disappointed in the offensive line as last year where it looked like, you know, when they had to run the damn ball shirts on and started out in the field with their shades, like, you know, they were going to pound Georgia and then, you know, what, rush for like 40 yards total. Um, it's not like Michigan couldn't move the ball. Uh, it's just that it, it wasn't as in dominant fashion. And, you know, really, if you're going to pick on anybody, it's the defense for giving up 51 points after only giving up a max of like 27 to Maryland way early in the year. You know, only I think it was only giving up 13 points a game. Uh, and so for a team to come out and score 51 on you, uh, you haven't seen that since, you know, those, those really bad Ohio State losses. Uh, you know, even Georgia, which they didn't have to score a lot in the second half, that game was out of control in the first quarter. Uh, you know, TCU put up a ton of points, even if you take away the pick sixes that the defense didn't allow. So, yeah, I mean, I'm less disappointed, I guess, in the offensive line than I am maybe the defensive line. Uh, I felt like they got in the backfield a lot, but you just were playing against a quarterback and Max Duggan who knows what to do under pressure, knows how to make the right throw or the right play, just has a great sense back there. And I think legitimately can be a really good NFL quarterback. Uh, you know, and it's crazy his story too, not being a starter. So yeah, uh, wild is, is what the game was. Uh, and here we are in a wild off season, which is always the case when Jim Harbaugh is your head coach, but we'll see <laughs> how Michigan responds. You know, we, we won't know what the team looks like, even personnel uh, for a while here, you know, all the way up until maybe even fall camp for, for some of the guys uh, with how the, you know, the late transfers happen now. Uh, like adding, you know, Yabioki, uh, whatever he changed his name to by the third time he's changed his name. So, really, uh, I missed that. Well, I'm, I just, I'm thinking that's his most recent name. I can't remember now what, what is, what he changed it from. But either way, he was a late addition right before fall camp, I believe. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, the the important pieces are back, uh, including the head coach. But yeah, well, ho- yeah, hopefully, I mean. It's. Uh, let me preface this by saying it's. It makes you sound if you're out there on the internet, if you're out there on Twitter, and you're pushing this line of these are just baseless rumors. Happens every off season. These are Michigan's enemies trying to get ahead of him. You're you're making yourself look kind of dumb, to be honest. Harbaugh has the NFL itch. That's just completely undeniable. Further, 
I don't care what Jim Harbaugh said almost a year ago about, you know, being done with his NFL Super Bowl dream. I don't care what he said in December about, you know, being back enthusiastically to coach Michigan again in 2023. I just don't care. And part of it is because they're not playing the same job game that like you and I play. You know, they're talking about like multi-million, sometimes billion dollar industries. Uh, We're talking about salaries in the many millions. Uh, They're not talking about, you know, who has the better PTO policy, if you know what I mean. These things are just kind of, I think, outside of like my comprehension. I think they're outside of most of our comprehension. And so to, to try to break it down in a way that just makes sense for regular people like you and me, I don't think that's really even possible. And Jim Harbaugh has told us through his actions, not necessarily his words, that the NFL is is still there. And as long as it's there for him, he's probably going to entertain it. So the, the most recent thing to come, uh, we're doing this on a Wednesday, and this, this came Tuesday night. I think a lot of people picked up on it Wednesday morning uh, from Charlotte Sports Live. Uh, great get for them, by the way. Had to look up, make sure this was a real thing. Uh, Queen City News, that's what it's called, I think. Charlotte Sports Live might just be their sports-only branding. Anyway, uh, they the reporter caught him uh, just very briefly, and, and Harbaugh said, although no one knows the future, classic Harbaugh line there, I think I will be coaching Michigan next year. Crucially, Derek, we don't have a uh, video as far as I know, so there's no way to judge you know, where he put uh, – inflection or emphasis in that sentence because I think it matters when you're saying I think I would be coaching Michigan next year but that's kind of the latest thing and and one of the rare uh, times where Jim Harbaugh speaks for himself and so that said what do you think is the next thing to happen to Harbaugh are we getting uh, just the constant you know sources say Harbaugh is interested in the Broncos job or do you think he shuts it down? I think he'll ultimately shut it down. I do think he said some things in the last year or since at least maybe a little bit over a year, obviously, um, since the whole Vikings thing. Um, I think ultimately he comes back to, to coach what, what's now this fall with it being 2023. Happy New Year again, by the way. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, but where I'm at, is I'm trying to just be patient in the fact that, you know, what they played five days ago hasn't even been a week. Um, There are a lot of, you know, you could say you could easily take a break, uh, especially uh, with ending a holiday season, a holiday weekend, players not needing to report back to classes right away. Uh, It's the time for him to, you know, with early signing period now and most of the 2023 class put together, it's the time for him to do whatever he wants to do, uh, especially this week. And, you know, as long as he feels like he needs to, to have conversations or pursue other things, um, I think it's probably time to, you know, relook at a contract for him uh, as a guy who has made back-to-back playoffs, who has, you know, what you could officially say, turn this thing around, which, you know, doesn't guarantee a playoff exper- uh, appearance next year, doesn't guarantee – you know, a winning record against rivals. There's a lot of things that go into each college football season. But I don't see him leaving Michigan in his current state. I just don't see him moving on from a guy like J.J. McCarthy. Um, 
especially with that bond they have, you know, the, the fact that he was likely going to be the starter eventually anyway. I think Jim Harbaugh was just doing the fair thing with uh, giving Kate a shot as a returning Big Ten championship winning quarterback. But I think if that game showed anything, as much as there were mistakes made, uh, J.J. McCarthy is elite talent. Uh, he is exactly who you want as a quarterback, a leader of a team in, in many ways on and off the field. Uh, likely to be a captain, I'd say, as a junior and only the second quarterback captain Jim Harbaugh's had. Um, there's always a, an anxiousness uh, when a coach doesn't come out right away and say, hey, I'm returning. But who knows what conversations he's having, not only with external uh, people, uh, but just within the, with Ward Manuel and, and uh, you know, things with inside the Michigan program, with his current staff, you know, there was this was the time last year when Josh Gaddis moved on. Uh, you know, there's there's guys that have made. I just saw. Can you think of who it is now? Um, but you know, someone had offered a or took an offensive coordinator job at UNLV, uh, and, and now they're going elsewhere. Uh, and so, guys that just took a new job a month ago are taking different jobs. You know, there's teams like Michigan that were playing and not considering any of these coaching things up until five days ago. So. I would say this week for me, I'm more patient than maybe most people because it's like, dude, spend five days. Let them recover from a loss. Let them get their bearings. There's coaches that might want to do other things, have new opportunities. They might do some shifting in general. You know, every year their staff changes, new additions, new departures. You know, last year he lost an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator and returned. So he's got a good thing going. He knows he's got a good thing going. And he returns quite a lot, including a quarterback that he seems to be really close with. So I think he's back. But, hey, if he if he has the edge for the NFL, uh, I would imagine that's never going away. Uh, and if that's ultimately where he lands, I'd be super happy for him to have that opportunity. I think it's probably a little bit of a tougher task to win a, a Super Bowl after being out of the NFL for a while. I think there's been a lot of changes in the NFL. Uh, but obviously with the NIL, there's, you know, significant changes, uh, a new playoff coming, uh, a lot of unknowns. And so if it truly is, a, you know, not sure about college football, um, it is what it is. But I think he'll be back. And I think, you know, Jim Harbaugh will be around for at least a few more years. See, I, th- I think it, it matters, um, you know, the things he says about wanting to stay at Michigan. And um, I- I'm not saying I don't think it matters. I just think I'd, I wouldn't take him 100% at his word because like the rest of us, he's human. And as I was saying before, it's just they're playing a different ball game than the rest of us are. So it's hard to comprehend those types of things. Um, I feel like he's probably back again this year. I think it is significant that he says, you know, I think I'll be the coach at Michigan again next season. What makes sense to me, and this is getting ahead of ourselves by quite a bit, but if Michigan were to come out next year, kind of set the world on fire again, and let's say win a national championship, or maybe even just get back to the college football playoff and and play for a national championship, that kind of thing, have a really successful season. And now you're talking about um, possibly, you know, J.J. McCarthy heading off to the NFL at that point. Donovan Edwards could go off to the NFL. Does it make sense for Harbaugh to just kind of depart with them? and say, you know what, like we did our thing, like we put together a great run uh, with this Michigan football program, resurrected it from the dead uh, under from under uh, Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. I think that's what makes sense. 
you know, if those stars align and that's what happened, I, I would absolutely support it and say, that's awesome. You know, go chase that dream. As far as, you know, this off season, I, I kind of don't see it, but I'm absolutely not writing it off. And again, I, I think anybody who just, uh, you know, dismisses this stuff as pure speculation meant to, you know, uh, prevent Michigan from succeeding as a football program, it's just being delusional. And I don't know, use your thinking faculties a little better and understand that this guy has NFL interest. And I, I don't care if he said a year ago that he's done with it. He's clearly not. Yeah, I think how I think of it from like a, you know, an everyday man's perspective, I think most people have probably been on a team, you know, work team where they've had some really good people. And I've always said, you know, you're only ever as good as the team around you. Uh, As soon as you start to lose key components of that team, it becomes harder. You know, there are multiple guys. And again, I just said, you know, you've lost an offense coordinator and defense coordinator just last year. But there are a lot of pieces from Matt Weiss to Cheryl Moore to Mike Hart you know, guys on the defensive side. Um, There are a lot of pieces that will move in terms of the coaching staff, uh, whether it's this year, next year, and really every year moving forward. That's why coaching trees exist. And so it feels like if they can collectively keep most of what they have together, that, you know, just like a a coach Hartline, uh, you know, saying he's not going to take a or pursue a head coaching job. You know, he's likely to be elevated at Ohio State, it sounds, according to Kirk Herbstreit, to, to be a play caller. Uh, so Ryan Day can be more of a game manager. Um, and so. Like Cade McNamara. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cade McNamara. Perfect. Exactly what will be that at Iowa. Shot. That's just what it comes, right. what comes to mind. <laughs> so I think, I think you, again, I think you see Jim Harbaugh back, but. You know, I think when it does change, I think it changes dramatically. I think you'd see a whole new realm of player base come in. I think you'd see, you know, a lot of top tier coaches, which you'd hope Michigan could get in with a hardball departure, are going to bring in their own staff. And so I think when it happens, you have Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. You have a guy like J.J. McCarthy going pro. Sharon Moore going to be a head coach. Mike Hart going to be a head coach. Matt Weiss going to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that um, can happen uh, when, a, when a college football team kind of changes uh, and, and a coach leaves or a new coach is hired. And so, um, yeah, I think his best opportunity because of the success he's having uh, at a national level, which, you know, he, he loves success of any type, even if the ultimate goal is the Super Bowl, um, it'd be a really weird time to leave. But if that's the itch he has and it just remains unscratched until he goes back, um, I don't blame him. And, and, and where I'm at, I would love him to stay until he retires. I would love this to be his last coaching job, especially with the success Michigan's had, as patient as we had to be. But I do truly think he probably coaches in the NFL again. And whether it's this season or two seasons from now, it's never going to feel like the right time unless he – you know, plummets as a coach and Michigan plummets as a program, but they've got too many good things going on right now to see a significant drop off unless they just get the wrong type of players in there. So yeah. Is it national championship or bust? No, not necessarily, but you do expect Michigan to be uh, in the conversation and and with the playoff changing sooner than later, uh, you can afford a loss to an Ohio state and make it in just like Ohio state lost to Michigan and made it into the top four. So 
there are some things that could benefit a tough big Big Ten East or a tough Big Ten expansion. Um, but, you know, maybe that's why he doesn't want to stay around. If he's going to be a part of an expanded playoff, maybe he just wants to be in the NFL uh, because that is the highest level of football, whether you like it or not. Uh, and he's had success there before, and uh, no one should doubt that he could have success again. I just think you look at the Urban Myers, you look at the Matt Rules, not to say, not to compare them in any way to Jim Harbaugh. They're all very different. Um, but it's not guaranteed that you'll have success in the NFL and you have a shorter window than, than you would at University of Michigan considering this is, you know, uh, you know, closer to his 10th season than his fifth season at this point. Yeah. You know, something we'll have to talk about soon is maybe, you know, college football and the big 10 is going through such a dramatic change. Um, it would, really suck to lose Jim Harbaugh, but at the same time, does it lessen the blow if if there is a whole landscape shifting at the same time you are? And there's a big uh, you know, pro, obviously, to keeping somebody and being uh, one of the steadier programs throughout all of this uh, change that's happening, but I think it would also, at this particular time, uh, maybe lessen the blow just because of everything that's happening outside of Michigan with college football in general, but that's a, you know, a discussion for another time. And, and gosh, hopefully when we do this again, we'll be able to you know, just have a little more clarity on what's going on. NFL black Monday is coming up and yeah. uh, that'll, that'll move things forward quite a bit. I bet. So always I, does. Yeah. Um, we're getting on 33 and a half minutes here, Derek, but um, I hope you had a, a happy new year. Nonetheless, it sounds like we both, we're, we're able to do that. And and you know what? It's time to go watch some Michigan basketball. What do you say? Hey, you know, and we'll talk. That's the, that's the cool thing. Uh, maybe not as exciting as two back-to-back playoff appearances. I think we've had a lot of fun talking about football the last two seasons. But the reality is, outside of the, you know, the, the saga that Jim Harbaugh always brings with him, uh, it's time to talk some hoops. And we won't I've do that tonight. Saying, <laughs> We've been saying that for a while. We won't do that tonight. Well, There's a I game mean, tonight. But, hey, we have a lot yeah. to talk about after what will be, you know, three Big Ten games yeah. to start the new year uh, with, a, with a date with Michigan State being one of them. I've been saying that the cosmic forces that be will not allow Michigan football and basketball to simultaneously be successful. I, I believe it. A pretty pretty much a truth at this point the the one thing i'll say in closing uh one excited to talk about basketball but thank you to Juwan howard and hunter dickinson and the michigan wolverines for doing the best they could to just kind of you know ease the pain in the heart and on the mind amen uh to to beat a big 10 opponent uh don't care who the opponent is there's a big 10 like opponent 45. conference game to be up nearly 50 at one point <laughs> uh that helped a little bit, you know, within 24 hours of a tough loss. Because if you see Michigan lose to Maryland at home, uh, which is very possible with this year's basketball team, that would have made things worse. So shout out to Juwan Howard and, and the team for being there for every Michigan fan uh, this past Sunday. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get back next week. And like I said, hopefully have a little more clarity on what's happening with Jim Harbaugh and we can talk basketball too. So take care out there, everybody. And go blue. Go blue.